0: The following sermon is from Evangel Temple Youth Ministries. For more information about how you can get involved, please visit etchurch.org forward slash youth. I think there's a few faces here. I've just vaguely introduced myself. My name is Pastor Isaac. Um, I am the youth pastor here. And so uh, I always want to talk to all you guys after service. But uh, especially if I haven't been able to uh, talk to you that much... Yet, I'd love to talk with you after service. That's usually when I'm not so distracted. If I'm talking to you before service, I think a few of you guys I've been able to have conversations with before this service, usually I'm just like not all there before services. I'm so focused on the sermon and everything. So um, catch me after service and you really actually get to meet the real Isaac. Um, So, well, hey, uh, I'm so glad that we are here. I know, I know. I know. I'm glad you guys are here with me. Um, I am super pumped about this particular sermon, but the series in general, Nominal Christianity. If you've been with us the last few weeks, this is week three, so the last couple weeks, um, we have been in this sermon series. And I've been kind of trying to share my heart a little bit about this sermon series the last few weeks, really just kind of why we're going over it. I, I never want to just do something just because, oh, well, we, hey, we have seven weeks to fill. What are we going to do? preach on. Like, I don't want to just go and talk about something because, well, I just why not talk about it. I want to have a purpose beyond what I'm talking about. So that is um, no different for this sermon series. I really have just a desire for for us to get something out of this series. And so nominal Christianity, I just have a... I was talking about this the first week whenever I was introducing the series. I, I have a desire for... Bible about Christianity, for, for Christianity in America to really gra- uh, just grasp and take seriously the gospel and what the text says, what God has called us to do and to be, that we would just really take it seriously and we would never get caught in this horrible place called nominal Christianity, that we would just be Christians by name, that's kind of what that means, just Christian by title and not by actions, by, um, you can say that, but never actually do that, and so this whole idea of nominal Christianity, Christian by name, I never Want that to be the case for us, for me, for anybody? Um, I really want authentic, true, rooted in love with Jesus Christians, and and so um, and I I think a lot of places around the world. Whenever you're doing ministry, whenever you're talking about the gospel, I think a lot of it is uh, certain places in the world. It's um, introducing. Jesus to people, really like, hey, this is this is um, the creator of the universe, and, and, and he came as a man, he died for your sins, because he loves you and he wants eternity with you, but we're not worthy to be in his presence, so, so he took your place in that punishment to where now you can live with him in eternity, and just introducing the gospel, right, just introducing the name of Jesus, but I don't think... I think you're hard-pressed to find somebody where you have to introduce the name of Jesus in Springfield. I think rather, when we're here, we have a different call. We have a different mission, and that is to maybe redefine what Christianity means You might know the name of Jesus, but then redefine and reorchestrate maybe how that looks and what does that mean, implications on our lives of you might know the name of Jesus, but now I feel like maybe there's some inconsistencies with what you are doing in your life, yet you say that you know Jesus. We're not introducing Jesus. Maybe we're redefining or working with people on if you know the name of Jesus now, what does that mean? and I think um, there's missions all around the world trying to introduce Jesus. I think this is a mission field of reorienting people that have a misconception with Christianity and what it means that you can be a Christian by title and not let it affect your life at all and not understand that that's actually just false Christianity and not true at all, and they're just as lost as someone that has never even heard the name of Jesus. You're not saved if you memorize the name Jesus or even know mentally what he's done for you really have to just embrace it and live for it. And so that is really what I think Second John does. John in his writing, um, we're going to look at this letter here in just a minute. But that's exactly what John is just really just pushing to the people that he's writing to in Ephesus. The, these, these little house churches, people that are just gathering up in a living room and saying, let's just talk about the scriptures. Let's talk about Jesus who just lived just recently. And we're going to talk about his life and maybe what that means for us. And so he's re- he's, he's writing to them and... This whole idea of nominal Christianity is just all over, all over the letter of Second John, just um, "You guys are Christians. And so I want you to do this. I want you to embrace that. I want you to live this way. And so really he's pushing, love one another. love one another. Fight against false teachings, and so every week we 're saying if you 're titled a Christian, if you call yourself a Christian, we want you to live up to this way or we we, we think that there needs to be a a consistency with the way that you live, and if you 're not a christian don 't just take that oh well nah, this doesn 't apply to me then I want you to understand that maybe a Christian uh, that you 've came in, came in contact with and you're like man i can 't believe that there are, like, that's a horrible example of Christianity. I, I can't stand Christians because that person, well, maybe I just want to talk to you tonight saying, well, you know what, our title of Christianity or our title of being Christian, you're right, they aren't lining up. They don't love people. Uh, that person wasn't loving somebody, but that's not who we are. If you have the title of being a Christian, I want to say, well, then that is also to be consistent with how we live. And so I, I want to talk to both Christians and the person that doesn't like Christians, or doesn't understand, or whatever. Um, I really want to talk to both people. It's not just a title. It really just mandates and completely controls everything about who we are and how we live. And so let's jump into uh, the book of Second John. It is really short, so I'm just going to read it. Believe it or not, that is, and sorry, this screen is kind of blown up a little bit to where it's kind of cut off, but um, now you're just going to be focused on that this whole time. You can look at that screen. Um, believe it or not, this is, I think, like two-thirds of the whole book. So, I mean, like, I, I have to, I'm going to read the whole book, but it's not going to be horrible, okay? We're going to survive, because um, that's, I think, over half of the entire book right here. So, let me just read it. You guys can follow along just listening to it, and then we're going to jump into one portion of the text tonight. Cool? So, John writes, the elder, that's what he calls himself, To the chosen lady and her children, whom I love in truth. And not only I, but also all who know the truth, for the sake of the truth, which abides in us and will be with us forever. Grace, mercy, and peace will be with us from the God the Father and from Jesus Christ, the Son of the Father, in truth and love. I was very glad to find some of your children walking in truth, just as we have received commandment to do from the Father. Now I ask you, lady, not as though I were writing to a new commandment, but the one which we have had from the beginning, that we love one another. And this is love, that we walk according to his commandments. That is love. This is the commandment, just as you have heard from the beginning that you should walk in it. For many deceivers have gone out into the world. Those who do not acknowledge Jesus Christ as coming in the flesh. This is the deceiver and the antichrist. Watch yourselves. That you don't lose what we've accomplished, but instead that you may receive a full reward. Anyone who goes too far and doesn't abide in the teachings of Christ does not have God. The one who does abide in the teachings, he has both the Father and the Son. If anyone comes to you and does not bring this teaching, don't receive him into your house. Do not give him a greeting for the one who gives him a greeting participates in his evil deeds. That's a tricky one because somebody might be like, man, that is just not loving, that's not hospitable. We just talked about love three sentences ago and now he's saying, well, don't receive that person that just hates on Jesus. I can't wait to get to that because um, it's tricky and those are the fun ones. Let's finish up here. Though I have many things to write to you, I don't want to do so with paper and ink, but I hope to come to you Speak face to face so that your joy may be made full. The children of your chosen sister greet you. Boom, we just read an entire book in the Bible. Can I get an amen? Man, what a deal. What a deal. Hey, um, so we're going to be talking this week. Like I said, we've been just going verse by verse, just really looking at a a few weeks. We look at two verses, but uh, for the most part, we're just looking... A little sentence at a time, two sentences, and I think each one really speaks to this idea of nominal Christianity. We have a title, now we have an expectation of how someone lives, how someone just participates in being a part of the body of Christ and just loving Jesus and loving others. There's a call of action whenever you have the title Christian. And uh, so last week week we talked about embracing grace, forgiveness, really taking that in and accepting that God has forgiven you and that we're to forgive ourselves. Uh, Two weeks ago, we looked at just loving the church, being a part of the church, serving in the church. If you love Jesus, you must also love his body. And so um, those are the people around you. And so now this third week, if you're looking at the text again, um, that's the first chunk of it, right? We're going to be looking at that very beginning of the second paragraph there, the body. He's jumping in. He just did the intro. Hey, greetings. Um, I love you guys. And now I'm going to jump into what I want to say to you. And so this is uh, verse 4, if you are looking at it in your, on your phones or the scriptures. But uh, let's blow this up really quick. So it says in verse 4, I rejoice greatly to find some of your children walking in truth, just as we were commanded to do by the Father. And I really think that this verse can be, just like all of them, can be skimmed over really, really quickly. You can just look at it and just be like, okay, let's just keep reading because we'll get the whole body. And there's, you know, you can do that. You can read a long text and just try to get the general idea. But I think there's a lot to be said about reading one little verse, one little part, and just saying, what does that mean? Let's just exhaust it. Let's just look in the depth of the truth and how that applies to our lives. And so um, we're going to be doing that here. And we're, honestly, my initial thought Whenever reading verse 4, I rejoice greatly to find some of you walking in the truth. My initial inclination, honestly, right off the bat, like I read this, boom, what do I think about Honestly, I think of you guys, being completely honest, Uh, just the joy that it is. To see you guys growing, to see you guys just falling in love with Jesus, to see how that looks in your life and how you act. Man, that just brings me so much joy, so much excitement. That gives me so much passion just to see you guys growing in your love with Jesus Christ. That is, honestly, that's why I'm here, right? Hopefully that's, you know, why every pastor should ever be there because they just fall in love with people falling in love with Jesus. And so um, that's why I'm here that's uh, the first thought I have, um, but not just not just knowing uh, Jesus, but walking with him. This is a present progressive, that's long term for just saying continuing, ongoing, ing, right? ing words, walking, uh, it, it's happening. It's not just like, man, I was saved, call it good, and don't have to do anything else. No, like, I'm saved now, I'm gonna keep growing, I'm gonna keep learning, I'm gonna keep falling deeper and deeper in love with Jesus. It's an ongoing thing. I am so joyful to see some of you walking in the truth. It brings joy to me to just see you guys just walking Continually growing and not being stagnant in faith, I said yes. I walked up to the altar, did that prayer that you know that one guy led me in, you know, um, and called it good. There's no joy in that because if there's no continuation of that, there's no growth in that. There's no um, continuing. There's no fruits. There's no nothing else bearing after you just said that prayer that someone else like led you in. I'd be concerned for you. I'd be worried for you. Because once you make that step, genuinely just fall in love with Jesus, there is no way that there's no ing attached to it. Because you are, there's no way that there's not an ing attached to it. Let me rephrase that. Because once you make that and you are genuinely falling in love with Jesus at that one point of salvation, you're coming to know him, there is no way that you can't not have an ing on it. it just I'm going to keep continuing. I'm going to keep falling in love with him because I am so amazed with him from that point on. This is really the main point that I want to talk about. I don't want to hide my main point. I don't want to hide what, you know, where I'm really trying to go with this. And so it's like some amazing somebody, whoa, I didn't think he was going to go there at the end of a sermon. Um, like no, I just want to just say it. I want to get it out there. I want and then I just want to spend the rest of the time just really talking about it. And so this is what I'm trying to talk about. This whole sermon is we should be overwhelmingly passionate about seeing people come to know Christ. I pray that you I pray, that you, I pray that you are just passionate. I, I pray that you're just so overwhelmed with joy when you see other people expressing and demonstrating just fruits of I love Jesus. And you're like, yes, amen. That's exciting. I'm passionate about that. I really hope that's you because I want that to be me every single day. But before we jump into being excited about other people walking with Jesus, I think it starts with being excited that we're walking with Jesus. I think before you really start to appreciate somebody else's love for God, you have to appreciate what you have with God, right? So I think it starts with an initial just self reflection question. You can ask it while you're just sitting here in your mind, while I'm talking. Am I overwhelmed with joy that I have a relationship with Jesus Christ? Am I joyful? Honestly, am I excited? Am I passionate? that Jesus Christ is mine and I am his and we and I love him I'm overwhelmed with joy that I have a living and active relationship with Jesus Christ I pray that you ask that question honestly and it's a yes I am I'm so thankful I'm so thankful that I have a relationship with Jesus Christ because honestly just being honest with you that is the very first step this this vertical this this relationship right here that needs to be our greatest joy, our most overwhelmingly emphatic passion and joy. That needs to be our great. I am just so happy. I'm so joyful. He needs to be your greatest joy. He needs to be the object of your excitement, the, the one in which you find the most joy when you wake up in the morning. I pray that he's the object of your just greatest, most deep, passionate joy that he answers that void of just, I need joy in my life. I pray that he is the number one thing that fills it, that Christ is. Because whenever you then are so passionate, so excited, so filled with joy about your love for God, well then, man, I'm so excited to see somebody else start walking with God, right? Because I think, honestly, that is, that is pretty universal. When you love something, you love when other people love it, Right? When you love something, you're like, man, this is super cool. You want everyone else in the world to know about it. That's just true. When I was taking classes in my undergrad, I always wanted Sarah to just, like, I would get, I would, you know, get out of class, go to meet Sarah and be like, you gotta hear what I just learned. And because I'm just loving what I'm learning. Uh, I loved my undergrad. I loved the stuff that I was learning. And so, like, I I had this Mark class, uh, this uh, just going through the book of Mark. And now, like, Mark is my favorite book in the Bible. And I would get out of class, and it was a night class, so I got out at, like, 8.30, and um, got out at, like, 8.30 at night, met up with Sarah, and I was like, man, listen to this, how cool is this, turn to Mark chapter 8 really quick, and I'll just jump into telling you, and she's like, okay, um, and you're like, like, she just wasn't quite starting at the, uh, just, zero to 100, like I was. Like, I was just super pumped. Like, can you believe Mark used that one word that actually ties back to Mark chapter 5? Like, do you even realize? And she's like, awesome. And it's like, because I just, I loved it, and I wanted her to love it. Cool thing, though, she just took the class. She loves it, too. Is that your favorite book in the Bible? Boom sauce. Man, tell you what, no one says boom sauce. Okay, um, When you love something, man, I'm telling you, when you love something, you want other people to love it. And so whenever you are so filled with joy, honestly, when you are so filled with joy about your love for God, your relationship with God, it will pour over, it will flow out to where you are now overwhelmingly passionate about seeing people know Christ, walk with Christ, enjoy the relationship with Christ. That first comes, though, with you being joyful about your own relationship with Christ. Let's look, start looking at some scripture because I think there's a lot of this all over the scriptures. I just pulled like, I think five, um, because it's just so true. So looking at the letters of Paul, Paul is a perfect example all throughout the New Testament of just his love for other people loving God. His passion for other people being passionate about God. His excitement to see other people being excited about God. And so these are just a few examples. In Colossians chapter 2, he says for though I am absent from you in body, I am present with you in spirit and delight to see how disciplined you are and how firm your faith is in Christ. He's like, guys, honestly, I'm not with you, and I don't know if I'll be able to be with you. I'm, I'm in prison right now, and so uh, I, I'll try to get to you guys, but even if I'm not, I will be with you in spirit, and let me tell you, I am so excited. I delight. I am pumped to hear how you guys are being disciplined in just your love for God, your passion for Him, for him and... That's just what Paul writes to the church in Colossae. It's uh, Romans, he, he writes in the first letter, or first letter, first chapter. He writes, first, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you because your faith is being reported all over the world. He says, honestly, I want to thank God. I just am so thankful to God because Why? Because your faith is being reported everywhere. Because you guys are fulfilling. You guys are just being faithful to God. Like, and I just want to thank him. I want to praise God because you guys are being just delighting in the Lord. Just loving God. That just makes me thankful. That makes me so excited. I mean, that's Paul. That's right in, in, in Romans 1. And then you just keep reading just a few verses later. And he says, I long to see you so that I may impart to you some spiritual gifts. I, gets gifts. Sorry, I typed it out. Just a few verses later, and he says, I long to see you. Why do I long to see you? Why am I passionate to see you? Why do I care so much to go and see you? Because I want to keep just growing. I just want to keep pouring into you. I want to keep loving you. I want to keep telling you about how great God is. That is uh, that's his longest desire. I have to keep going, man. I'm taking so long. 1 Corinthians 1, 4. Oh, I always thank God. Why? Again, why is he so thankful to God? Not because... God's grace for his life, but it's, he's thankful for God's grace on their lives given to you in Christ Jesus. Uh, Ephesians 4, when I can keep going, as a prisoner for the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling. I urge you, I plead with you. There is another uh, translation where it's just, I plead, I, I beg of you. I think the NLT says, I beg of you. He cares so much that they would be walking in a life worthy. He cares. He's not just being selfish and, well, I'm good. I'm walking with God. I'm totally good. And he's like, I'm begging you, please. I hope that you also would. He finds joy in other people loving God. I really do believe whenever, whenever you have a joy inside you for your love for God, you then become joyful when other people fall in love with God. I really believe that's true. Um, there's not many downfalls of being a pastor, so uh, this is one of the few. And I don't even know it's a downfall. Whenever I, you know, whenever you become like. Well, actually, first, whenever I started going to school to be a pastor, but especially whenever I became licensed as an AG minister, um, then boom, it just changes everything in your family. Like, whenever I go home, like, if there's ever prayer before a meal, like, I swear no one else, like, wants to do anything. It's like, oh, uh, let's bless the food. Just looks at me, and I'm like, is no one else a Christian here? Come on. And so, like, honestly, that's just uh, just the way it is. And um, my friends... They knew I was a Christian. They didn't want to cuss in front of me. Cuss in front of me. Um, now, standing next to a guy that has a card carrying, like, I, I can park in clergy parking, they definitely won't cuss in front of me now. Like, that just changes everything with being a pastor. Um, but probably the craziest one is my, uh, I've been asked to do weddings and funerals and everything. Like, all of a sudden now, like, I swear, this is just open up the floodgates of people asking me to do what. Like honestly, I'm not even kidding. Months ago, I don't know how many months ago. Um, my grandma asked me to do a funeral for a woman, and um, I was like, "But I'm actually super busy with work." And she's like, "Oh, you're fine. You can do it. Uh, video." And so I just stood in front of a camera. Sarah's like, "You good?" This is. I'm like, "Can I get my Can I get my face?" You know, and like she's like, "Yeah, I think you're good." And so like I did a did a funeral and uh, through an iPhone six. And so like that was just super weird. But honestly, there there are some weird things about being um, a pastor in my family, but you know what, there's, there's some really cool things, because my cousin just got married last week, two weeks ago, something like that, and before he did, he just shot me a text, um, never really known where he was with with God, with his relationship with the Lord, but he just straight up texted me, and I think because he knew I was the pastor of the family, and so he went to me, and he just, he just said, hey man, I'm getting married in two weeks, I really want to be a godly guy, I want to be a godly man, I want to be a godly husband, I want to lead my wife, and I want to lead my household, and just loving Jesus, and how do I do that? I really want to do that. I'm like, yes! That's awesome! Like, that's just, that was so exciting, and so like, that is, I mean, that is a, you weren't expecting that, right? It was like really deep in passion. Woo! You know, so... uh, Honestly, though, like, that is, that's so exciting for me, that's so, because I know what it means to just be a person that's in love with Jesus, and so when I hear somebody that I wasn't quite sure, like, is he in love with God, whenever he just says, man, I want to not only love Jesus, but I want to, I want to lead my household in that. Like, how exciting, how joy, how, I pray that that just would bring joy to you that to see other people, other people walking in the relationship with God and just falling in love with God. That, that just brings me so much joy. Um. I heard a uh, quote from this guy named Jim Elliot. I really like Jim Elliot. He was a missionary, and he uh, he wrote this quote here, referring to um, going out on the missions field and just wanting. He's just passionate. I want people to be passionate about going out and serving people and just telling people about Jesus. So he says, "It makes me boil. It honestly just makes me boil inside when I think of the power that we profess, and yet the utter impotency of our actions." He just straight up says, like, it just drives me crazy that we talk about so how great God is. He is amazing. He is so powerful. He is God of everything, and yet it, we live in such a way that it's like no reflection of that. It's like, oh, yeah, no, I, I do believe in God. You don't want, man, you don't want to hear about that. Like, I, you're not, it'd be boring. It'd be boring. It's like, you know, a, you know God, you know God. Like, are you not passionate about letting other people know about God? And so it makes me boil when I think about the power that we profess. God himself, yet yeah, the utter impotency of our actions. Believers who know one-tenth as much as we do are doing 100 times more for God with his blessing and our criticism. How often do we think those people that are passionate about God, but passionate about people knowing God, we're like, man, they're just a hyper-spiritualist, they're crazy, and we're like, But are you reaching souls? Are you being bold enough to go out and say, you know what, I want to tell you about Jesus. I want to tell you about the love that I have, the joy that I have, this joy that I have found, and without it, I'd have this black hole in my heart. They might be labeled as a hyper-spiritualist, but they're passionate about what they love, so much so that they're going to tell other people, can we say that about ourselves? He straight up says at the very end, he finishes, oh, if I could just write it, if I could preach it, if I could say it, if I could paint it, anything at all, if only God's power would become known to us or known among us. If only I could just scream it to the world. I want people to be passionate about how great God is because I am so filled with joy and I want other people to know this joy also. He was so passionate about this. He stood by his words. If you know Jim Elliott, his story, this man ended up going to the missions field to an indigenous group, some cannibals, actually, um, in the jungle. He ended up with his head on a stake and killed by them. And it's like, man, that's crazy. Um, he was super passionate about letting other people know about his relationship with God. He cared that much. So now is Pastor Isaac going to tell me that I have to go into the mission? So, no, I don't, I don't think you have to jump into a priest to a bunch of cannibals. Like, you don't have to do that. But I think, honestly, if you're passionate about other people knowing about the joy that you have, you are so filled with joy when other people start walking with God, you don't have to go overseas. You can do it right here. But I'll also say on the flip side of that, if you don't have a heart for people knowing what you have, people knowing about the joy that we have in Christ, if you don't have your heart, it doesn't matter if you're speaking to this indigenous group of people on the other side of the globe, or if you're right here in Springfield, if you don't have a heart, it doesn't matter. I think you can honestly be joyful and see people fall in love with Jesus, whether you're there or here. Honestly, you can be, you can be anywhere, and you can just tell people about your love for Jesus here in Springfield, uh, but I think a lot of the times we don't do that. If you, if, if you guys know the uh, passage of the prodigal son, The prodigal son, uh, it's a story, and I'll try to go really quick through it, but it is of um, this guy that gets his inheritance from the father. The father says, you can do whatever you want with it because, you know, I'll just give it to you. And he just runs off, and he becomes just so um, against his father, and he turns away from it. He does all these horrible things. He just is so filled with sin, and he's just doing horrible things, selfish things. And then he comes back to the father. But you know also who he comes back to? His brother. His brother. his brother didn't have to come to him to go seek him out, to go tell him about, you're missing out on this relationship with our father. You're missing out on being around our father. The sinner came to him. He didn't even have to move. Yet he didn't have a heart to see his brother fall in love with God and have a joy to see his brother changed. He didn't, it didn't matter if he sought out his brother or he stayed right there. He didn't, he didn't have a heart to see his brother fall in love with the joy of knowing the Father. So his brother shows up. He says, Father, would you forgive me? Would you take me in? And then his father's like, absolutely, I love you. And he kisses him, and he gives him a robe, and he gives him a feast, and he's like, I love you so much, I take you back in. And the other brother was upset about it, outside pouting, right, if you guys know the story. I pray that that's not us. When people, not only do we not go seek out people to know the joy that we have, but whenever they come to us, are we not filled with joy whenever they come to us and they come to the Father and they start to, you know, embrace Christianity? There's, how and so I want to finish this up really quick. Um, I was talking to Sunday school just a few days ago, yeah. Uh, how many of you guys knew about this group of, uh, we, have, we have Muslims that come here on campus and they spend time with us. How many of you guys know about that? You can, crowd, crowd participation, there we go. Uh, you can say it that's awesome they come to us and not only did they come to the church our campus they actually came and hung out with us on easter okay and to a muslim that's offensive to even think about the resurrection of jesus christ but they were hanging out with us around easter and on our easter celebration with all those blow-ups in the gym and everything they were there a large number of them people that are muslims were hanging out with us on a holiday that offended them that's amazing that's amazing. And now I want, to, I want to talk really quick about our hearts during that. Could you imagine, could you imagine if we didn't have a heart to say, you know what, I want to reach out to them. I want them to walk out of here knowing the joy that I have. And I, I want to be so filled with joy for them to know about what it's like to walk with Jesus. What if we didn't have that heart? What if we didn't have the heart to see them embrace that truth? I don't need crowd participation on this one, but what if I told you that I know for a fact there are some people that that didn't have a heart to see them fall in love with the God that we do, but instead we're wondering, man, how are we going to get out of here safe? How are we going to get out of here safe? They might bomb us. Just stop, just stop and think about that. Do you realize the joy that we have, the passion we have, the relationship with God that we have? Can you imagine if we were just sitting there like, oh man, I'm scared for my life. I'm scared for their eternity. I'm scared for their eternity. And are we not just so passionate that they would also know that same joy that we have, that we would care so much to say, you know what? I would find so much joy, so much joy. And then falling in love with God too. I think it takes some honest self-reflection to say, is that me? Do I want to have, do I have joy that I have a relationship with God? And then two, now do I have a joy to see other people fall in love with the same God that I'm in love with? It takes honest reflection and it takes honest repentance if that's not the case. It breaks my heart to think that we would ever have a heart That isn't filled with joy to see other people walking back to the Father. Saying, you know what, I'd like to check out this thing called Christianity. I'd like to step on your campus. I pray that we're not the pouting brother on the outside. But instead we're on the inside feasting with them. Saying, praise God. Let me tell you about this joy that I have. Would that be us? Would that be us? Would that be me? I pray that I am never that brother on the outside, but I am always, just like John, saying, I am so filled with joy to see some of you walking in truth, just as the Father has commanded, He's commanded us to do it. I pray that we have a joy to see that happen. We're going to go into a time of just honest reflection. I just want to spend time and just pray to God, God, is that me? Has that ever been me? If it has has ever been me, Lord, I pray that you would forgive me and that you would change my heart, you would transform my heart, you would flip my heart that I would just be so filled with joy and excitement and passion to see other people know what I have with you. So would you guys just stand with me and you guys can go all throughout, all throughout this room, all throughout this room. Uh, If you read the, the verse, I I want to point this one part out and then we'll jump into this. It says, I rejoice greatly to find some of your children walking in truth. And I think it's really easy to just forget about that one little word there, some, and just skim over it, right? But that word I think is so important. I think that word is so important because normally you think, oh man, that's that's a bummer. Not all. I'm so I, cause how cool, how much greater would that be? I rejoice greatly to find all of your children walking in truth. Like how, how much greater would that be? That would be awesome. But is it a bummer that he's finding some? No, I think it's so amazing. I think it's amazing that we find even some. If you look at the prodigal son story, it's also with two other shorter parables together. They make one large parable, but it's the lost coin, right, and the lost sheep. And the whole point of all three is that what was once lost is now found. The son that was once lost is now found. The coin that was once lost, and the woman tore up her whole apartment, is now found. The sheep that was that strayed away from the other ninety-nine, the shepherd leaves the ninety-nine and goes finds that one. What was lost as once is now found. We should be rejoicing to even find some, to find the one, to find one person that they would fall in love with the God that we love so deeply. That should. Stir our affections. We shouldn't be bummed just because it's not everybody, man. We should be filled with joy that even if just one would say, you know what, I see what you're in love with. I see this love that you have with God. That should just, man, I'm, gives me goosebumps. I am so excited that you see. That gives me joy. But I think we just get so worked up about it has to be all of them, or you know, not all of them are seeing what we see. Even just the one? Are we even seeking out the one? Do we even have a joy to find the one? Are we going to have an individual conversation with somebody for the one to know what we have? To find joy in knowing that somebody else loves what we love? Just one. Do we even have that drive? Do we even have that passion? I want to just reflect on that. We can start the music. I just want to reflect on that. Would you guys do that with me? Just reflecting on, am I really filled with joy to see other people fall in love with the God that I love? We hope you enjoyed the sermon. If you're not already a part of the ET family, we invite you to join us on Wednesday nights. For more information, visit etchurch.org. Thanks for listening, and we hope to see you soon.